0: Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Chad.
1: And I'm Charlotte.
0: Charlotte, are you having a, a good new year? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know what year it is or what day of the week or and you know what Aww. I did, Chad, was like maybe starting right after Thanksgiving people who mm-hmm. wanted to have meetings or anything like that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that after the new year. And then this week and next week, whoops.
2: Uh, you got <laughs> like, a lot of meetings.
1: All the consequences of my actions have come back around. Oh, no. But it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it wasn't just me. It was everybody just being like, yeah, after the new year, let's let's talk about that. Let's work on that. And then,
0: yeah.
1: oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: about you? Uh, pretty good trucking along all right oh uh, so it's the start of a new year which i think is a great time for us to think about renewal um new beginnings right
2: mm-hmm.
0: makes sense uh, i think renewal is a integral part of aspect of christian faith partly because i think newness is essential to the eternity of God. And we can talk about that. But I also think uh, we live in a world where we are continually confronted with renewal. You know, it's unavoidable. New year, new seasons, or the change of the seasons, new day. Right. Um, which can be a good thing, but also um, we can just miss it altogether, not really notice. We can take it for granted. And I think we can even um, resist kind of the, renewal that is part of the created order and we can talk about that too so maybe we just start with the nature of god god is eternal right which is something i don't know we can hardly grasp Mm -hmm. uh, from our own experience any language we use will fall short partly because we're time bound subject Mm -hmm. to age decay but i think as long as we understand the nature of God is inscrutable and that we can only speak in figures and analogies, I think we can think, try to think about God's eternity. Um, So I think we can say thing, we talk about things like God's eternal now, Mm. maybe one way to kind of capture how God is not time bound. I think we can also talk about God as being eternally new. Hmm um eternally fresh you know never aging never passing from new to old but always new i mean if we think of the eternity of god as a static concept then the newness of god isn't going to make sense maybe but if we think of the living god as being eternal then i think you know that the idea that that life is you know vivid fecundity ever fresh, ever new. And I think that is a helpful um, thought. There's this great uh, line in The Vigil of the Resurrection from the Book of uh, Common Worship, Daily Prayer, where it talks about Christ being the light that reflects the deathless face of God. And every time I read that, I think of God as not just Alive with this vivid, fresh, eternally new life, you know, if that even makes sense. I don't know. But I think because of the divine nature, you know, this vivid, eternal life that is God, the fact that renewal is part and parcel of the created order. As well as, a you know, an integral aspect of the Christian faith makes sense. I mean, how could it be otherwise? Mm As God says in Revelation 21, the first things have passed away. See, I make all things new. Like it's in God's nature, in a sense. This is where you jump in.
1: Let me say that I really appreciate this framing of renewal around God's work for a couple reasons. I mean, it's just... It's just wonderful and mind blowing whenever we think about kind of God's activity within God's self, you know, and
2: yeah,
1: and uh, God's activity within creation and even this idea of kind of you know Christ being eternally begotten of the Father, you know, as a mm-hmm. as a renewal and progression there. And anytime that we try to contemplate that, I just I love it. But I appreciate it on a really practical level too, with you know, all of this. Talk that we do around New Year's and renewal and kind of New Year, new me, and I'm going to make all these habits and resolutions and I'm going to be a new person and all is wonderful um, mm-hmm. but to take like hold of that opportunity. But that opportunity is present every day and every moment, right? right? And just to be mindful that some of that pressure around the New Year's too also sets us up for defeat. I think, because it's kind of here's the new year, which is it's an artificial boundary. It's completely Uh -uh. artificial. Right. But, you know, on January 1st, I'm going to do X different. I'm going to try X different. And then, you know, if by the third or the fifth, you've had a stumble, then it's like the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And you're so hard on yourself and it's just gone away. And then like, it's kind of like, well, when's the next time to jump in? Like it's a game of double dutch or something, you know? And this idea that this faith in particular is offering just a continuous opportunity to move into something new and renewed. Yeah. Um, and again in the constant call that you keep offering us of just being being kind to yourself, being gentle to yourself, and particularly this season because it's not just the new year, it's the holidays and everything else and we in the northern hemisphere it's the dark days and it's just a it's a hard time and to form yeah. new habits or anything like that it's a lot of work. <laughs> so just be gentle with yourselves. Y'all. Yeah.
0: No doubt. Yeah, it is kind of artificial. Like this is going to be the start of something new. And yeah, I agree too. Cause I always, whatever, I, of course, I don't really make resolutions, but I kind of have this idea, you know, this year's, I'm going to do everything a little better. Of course, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) At least, you know, like you say on the fourth or fifth of January, like, oh man. So yeah, it is great that renewal is i mean just part and parcel and here's the thing i think it's so a part of the created order we we don't have to manufacture and you kind of already touched on this we don't have to manufacture points at which i'm gonna say uh this is going to be my point when i renew because we're Mm -hmm. being confronted with them over and over Mm -hmm. um certainly the the way the seasons um you know, we go through summer and fall and winter, and then boom, spring, and it just recycles. But even more than that, every single day is brand new, and of course, every single moment. I mean, you just can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think in some ways, we we might like to get away from it. <laughs> we can have a tendency to resist how much renewal is just a part of the created order. Every single moment is brand new. We like. I'll just speak for myself. You know, I have a tendency to want things to be set. I like routine. Uh, brand new is, um, well, it's unexpected. It's unknown. Right. And yet that's part of the created order. And I think and maybe this kind of works into the the experience of faith, that part of faith is accepting. This continual change and accepting the newness of, of, you know, certainly if we talk in terms of the contemplative life, accepting the newness of every single moment and being open to that um, is really difficult.
1: What just struck me is something interesting that you said, this idea that part of this faith should embrace newness as the work of God and renewal as the work of God and how that contrasts with our, the church world and this more literally conservative tendency of just clutching old so hard, right? Yeah. And being so skeptical of anything new with some reason sometimes, but, but this idea that, you know actually what God does is what we always talk about like God is doing a new thing, right? right? And then we see a new thing and we go, what what's no. the devil doing over the-? <laughs> <laughs> Right? I mean, how are yeah. you how are you gonna hold those two? But but yeah, we should probably be the faith that's standing on the edge of whatever's the newest discoveries the edge of a new world being formed all around us yeah
0: yeah yeah if we really like permanence and control uh, oh i love it the status status quo is gonna change i I especially think so when it comes to god gosh but it's hard it's hard to be open like that um, and not be pessimistic
1: What ways do you see us resisting renewal?
0: Well, I think on an individual level, it's easy to resist. We just hold on to things. Mm. Um, I'll just talk about my own contemplative practice of trying to accept each moment fresh instead of bringing to it the baggage from whatever came before, which is really hard to do. But if I can do that, I can, well, in relationships, if I approach, you know, If I approach people I know with all of, and you you can't avoid it, can everything be brand new? But if I allow uh, experiences from the past to adversely affect how I interact with that person now, it's going to, I'll give you an example. If if I know I'm going to have a meeting and I'm anticipating what that meeting is going to be said, what the other person is going to say, and I'm already formulating my responses and so on it's going to be very tempting to insert those in there and they might not even fit Mm -hmm. instead of being fresh to the moment and open to the moment and being really present and hearing what the other person is saying.
2: Mm -hmm. I've already
0: front loaded my responses. I mean, that's kind of a banal example, but I just think as individuals it's very difficult to be open to the flow of the moment and, and let it be fresh. But I think if to the extent that we can do that, it's rewarding. Uh, because we see things for what they are. And, you know, without this lens, without seeing things with a pre-determined um, idea of what it's going to be. I mean, I've had experiences where, you know, somebody says, hey, do you want to go do something? And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like that. But then when I go and do it, I enjoy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll remind you of that next time I invite you to do something.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I guess we can see this with, we don't even have to think of it on an individual level. Like you were saying, it's its hard for institutions especially, right, to accept change and, and to be open to change. And that's just the nature of the beast, I guess. But gosh, look back at history of all the things that the church approved of or supported before that we have have passed. Hopefully, um, and how difficult that was. Mm. Which, understandably, there's this desire to hold to some static truth, but God is not a static
1: truth. Yeah.
0: You know. Uh,
1: Can you put your uh? I don't. I was gonna say put your philosopher's hat on, but I don't think you ever take it off. But uh the distinction between eternity and time. Or relationship there, I think a lot of people, or people that I even encounter in like adult Sunday school or something, I think conceive of eternity as infinite time.
0: Right, that would just be everlasting. I, yeah, you know, if we can use that distinction, eternity at least classically understood as outside of time. Boethius has some great statements on this, but the idea is so we experience the flow of time. What we experience as the flow of time, God experiences as an eternal now, as an eternal mm-hmm. present. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and then there's that passage in what is it, First or Second Peter, that says to God a thousand, ten, a thousand years is like however many days or whatever. It's kind of getting to that idea. I don't want to say God is outside of time. It's just really hard to talk about it without using time language but I mean we can say God is out time outside of time in the sense that God well just like I was saying and this comes from boethius that God a thousand years ago and an hour are all an eternal present to God God sees it as present does that does that help
1: did God create time
0: I think so yeah I think uh time is a aspect of creation
1: okay so it's in in that regard, it stands outside of God's self in some way right, right. And right. then this is one of the problems that's overcome by the Incarnation
0: right. This is talking- I mean,
1: this is part of the constraints of human language, right? I mean, yes. just around trying to conceive about God in God's self is that we our language is based upon experience and even our ideas. Which mm-hmm. are still connected to the world that we know, than the world inside of our mind, and eternity—something that's outside of time, that's not mm-hmm. infinite time—that has it has no beginning and no end and does not progress as time
0: does—right—is
1: does, right. entirely foreign to our experience. Right. Uh, maybe the closest thing are these kind of crucial moments that honestly usually are traumatic in our experience, where it feels like time is suspended
0: right yeah
1: um but otherwise we are caught in a flow of moment by moment of words to words and breath to breath right and not to both uh, because and god's experience is somehow lay outside of time in eternity and encapsulating all of time
0: yeah (laughs) Ooh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I think this is
0: this is why we can talk about God being eternally new.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm.
0: God isn't passing through time. God isn't going through a process from new to old. It's just this eternal freshness. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And somehow, and this is in in my mind, if we can abide in the moment, we we somehow latch on to, I don't want to say too much here, but, you know, that's a glimpse into it by just because each moment's brand new. Each moment is fresh. We don't even experience it like that because we're bringing all kinds of baggage into it, either from the past or, you know, worries about the future. And so we don't really abide in this moment. And, you know, I have a habit of saying God is always now. But at any rate, yeah, it's it's uh it's difficult to, well, we can, I don't think we can think of God's eternity. You know, we use the similes. You know, even to say that God is eternally new is conflating this idea mm-hmm. of eternity and time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's difficult to find language to speak of it. But that goes back to what I was saying. I think it's because of God's eternity is why renewal is so embedded in the created order. You know, here's the thing we we can't escape it. I, I guess I'm repeating myself here, but you just can't escape it. You don't, you know. I, I don't have to decide. Well, I, I need an, a fresh start. Believe me, in the morning is going to be this next moment's a fresh start. In the morning's a fresh start. Here's a random thing. If I can just in, insert a random thing about oh, what please. a blessing it is that the created order is like the way it is, especially with new days. <laughs> You know, each new day is a new day. Just imagine if your life was one long day and all the stupid stuff, for instance, I did as a teenager and young adult was just this morning.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, it's kind of stupid. But just this idea that each day we get a fresh start. And you know, it's true because let's say, for instance, I write something. I'll sleep on it because I the next day I'll see it a little different, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There's a freshness to it, or at least a different way of looking at. I don't know. I, I do believe it's a blessing that our lives are broken up into days and weeks, <laughs> and it's not all one long day.
1: Are there ways that you mark the start of the year or a process of renewal?
0: Uh, you know what I like to do at the at the, the first Sunday of the year is um, the reaffirmation of the baptismal. Wow, oh,
1: good, good Wesleyan, man.
0: Yeah, um, I just think that's, of course, that would be good at any time, but it's sure, a good sure. way, you know, to start off the new year. I like that. Um, I really, I really like starting over <laughs> every day. I think it was Thomas Burton who says that, uh, in terms of his contemplative practice, every day's he's a beginner. Each new day is a beginner. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Each new moment. But you know, it's such a uh, crucial aspect of the the faith. I mean, the resurrection turns the finality of death into portal to a new beginning of renewal
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, there's that statement by paul in second corinthians four sixteen, where he says although our outer nature is wasting away our inner nature is being renewed day by day and that this process although it entails suffering is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory as if you know it's preparing us for this or a different state of being where renewal will be eternal. You know the, that that cons. There's a concept by Gregory of Nyssa, the pectasis, or a uh, pectasis. It's the idea of continual progression.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: think some people think that when we enter into the divine presence, in um, you know, we die in resurrection, enter into the divine presence. We talked about all that, but the idea is that you're perfect and everything's, and you hear a lot of people complain about, well, that sounds boring. There's no growth. There's no, um, and I kind of agree with that. But according to Nissa, because God is eternal and infinite, there's no end to the growth that we will experience. But Unlike in this world where we have desire and then we have satisfaction, and those are two different events, one followed by the other, in his notion of apectasis, you're continually desiring and continually being satisfied at the same time. So it's not a, the desire and the satisfaction are happening and, and growing ever more and more and more, because there's just no end to, the, to God that you can enjoy. hmm so that would be like one way of thinking, you know, it'd be, it'd be never-ending renewal in a sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like something we might want to make more concrete for the mm-hmm. listeners is the connection between this, what seems like an abstract contemplation of the divine and how we then practically live that. meaning. How knowing that Christ is eternally begotten of the Father and eternally renewing of our minds.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, that's good.
1: But I mean, it's not just an abstract exercise to think about God's experience in eternity because that's Christ's experience too, which we're called to be imitators of and to participate in, right? So whether what we're doing is a rehearsal or preview of the life to come, but- it's something that y- you and con- other contemplatives are trying to live out in this world by being um, God, God who is eternally present and eternally new. That that mm-hmm. is a mind frame that you're trying to adopt with kind of every breath of not yes. carrying the past forward with you, and and also not being worried about the burdens of the future. Um, right. But to be settled in in that eternal now, even here, although we're constrained within time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You said it great, and I'm glad you brought up Paul's statement that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. I mean, part of the contemplative practice is to be present with the God who is both present now, uh, eternal. The You know, as Eckhart puts it, the eternal now, and eternally new. I mean, each moment is new, and you know, we can talk about it in terms of contemplation. You know, this uh, seeking to abide in the present moment, uh, conscious of God's presence. But I mean, I think for uh, Christians in general, faith is—it's a great act of faith to to live in the moment without bringing the burdens of the past or the fears or worries of the future into that moment. Um, Certainly that's part and parcel of uh, contemplative practice, but I think faith in general, you know, as I said, God is always present. Now God's not present yesterday. There is no yesterday. God's not Mm -hmm. present in the future. There is no future. There's only now when the future comes, it'll still be now. Mm -hmm. And so there is, I think The moment we are given in time is in some sense uh, connected to God's eternal now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And maybe we can think of this world as our entrance into an eternity of newness, of new beginnings. um, Of of God's ever new eternal now, eternal freshness. In this time-bound space, we are always being confronted with newness, with renewal. A new year, a new season, a new month, a new day, a new moment. We don't have to create new beginnings. Renewal is part and parcel of our experience. If we will let it be, Mm. if we'll accept it and and be um, attentive to it, as Paul says, you know, perhaps this life is training ground for bearing that weight of eternal renewal, because there's no doubt that God's glory is forever new, forever fresh, without decay, diminishment, But vivid living, you know, a vivid living fecundity.